0: Hello, and you are back in the Velvet Room with Joker the Fool. This is our 47th episode, and today we'll be discussing creatives not being entitled to praise, they know you're being poisoned, and brain computers are on the horizon. So we're going to hop in to the first topic, and I was scrolling Twitter one day, as I usually do, and I come across another TikTok video, and I know a lot of these podcast uh, topics or sections, whatever you want to call them, have been me seeing a video on on TikTok and then ranting angrily about it for a couple of minutes, and here we are yet again. So this one woman on TikTok is talking about how she's been writing this uh, book, and like, any offer that writes a book deserves no less than three stars because it's just so hard to complete and write a book. And now, you know, I am an offer. I've written a book, uh, Machine to Man. You can check that out. I show it. All the time, it took me four years to write two drafts. Probably close to fifty thousand words between those two drafts uh, to get the the book out. And you are whiffing your eye to buy the book, read it, and say it's the worst book you've ever read. Uh, ever read? And you can tell me that. Uh, you can email me that. It's in the uh, you know one of the front page of the book uh, with with all the other information. If you want to contact the author, you are very welcome to not like my book and to think it's bad or think it's great or or anything else in uh, in between I'm not the arbiter of your uh, opinion or mental state and that includes what I write and a lot of creatives think they're just owed support they're owed praise they're owed um, you know every good thing that they want to have happen to them be for the mere um, act of them having created something and that is not the case that is very far from the case. And I think this woman's very emblematic of it. And this is, you know, you'll see this in any creative industry. In the in the film industry, in in comics, a lot of people in comics think, you know, they're their owed support. With uh, you know, you'll have people crowdfunding uh, comics saying, you know, you have to wait years or however long to get the book because that's what it takes to get a quality product. And you've got uh, you know, the, people, the leftists the last in the the legacy industry who don't get gigs anymore, who are just saying, "I need money, uh here's my cash app, here's my kofa, here's my thing, just give me money for existing and in, in the comic industry or or whatever the case is, so you've got a lot of entitlement, a lot of just i I made something I demand." You can't tell me it's bad because I I worked hard on it. No one gives a shit. If you worked hard, if you put your blood, sweat, and tears into whatever product you made or whatever product, whatever piece of art you made, you put your heart, blood, heart into it, blood, sweat, and tears, your very soul into it. And honestly, I I feel that way with Machine the Man. Like I said, four years killed me to write. that. I've said that very often because of uh, some of the scenes were very much hard for someone who's lonely to write. uh. But that doesn't mean that if you read it and you think, well, this hit doesn't hit uh, the mark for me at all, I dislike it, that means uh, you're welcome to have that opinion. And you aren't going to improve as a creative, you aren't going to get anywhere as a creative, if you just plug your ears and say, I, I made the best thing ever, uh, I- I'll never improve again, or I won't accept any bad reviews or any negative criticism or anything like that. So you're not inherently entitled to praise. You're not entitled to people supporting you or shouting you out or these things. Uh, The only thing uh, you're entitled to as a creative is to not be aggressed upon so you can create things. That's really the only thing that you're entitled to as a creator in my mind. And that's not to say people shouldn't support you or people shouldn't help you out if they feel like they can or, or want to. I should say so. I'm not. I'm not against you know shouting people out or or being supportive of people or saying hey this is a you know an independent creative who's just getting started. I'm going to support them on that basis. And if you happen to like what they made, that's great. That's even not uh, that's even better. But it's not something that's um inherently demanded, or it's not that's something that's not in, an inherent need for you to do and if you can't or don't do it um, neither side should feel bad whether you're the person who isn't supporting that person or whether you're the creative who's not getting that inherent support or praise just for having made something so that's all I wanted to say that's my little angry rant on that topic we're moving on to the next topic uh, which is an article I have linked if I can get to it here we go I've got it open on my screen can't see it because it's audio only but I will read out the headline should you get a blood test for PFAS, the CDC says it's worth a chat with your doctor. Now, this is a surprising thing. I was scrolling Brave News and I see this article. Uh, colored me surprised that the CDC, uh, the CAC organization extraordinaire, the one who said the, the the ones who think that men can lactate, the ones who think the CDC that thinks that uh, COVID could be prevented by wearing two masks on your face instead of one, is actually um, saying that. PFAS. And now these are fluorinated uh, chemicals are known as forever chemicals. And this article goes into it saying the guidance now states that testing may help some individuals understand if they're exposed to certain PFAS and help guide exposure reduction. And saying that it's a it's a more of a not the best thing because it can't um, tell how long you've been exposed to these chemicals. It's not effective for testing and every single one I think the best ones will only get about forty, and there's like four hundred of these chemicals, and they're these are, are in everything, basically, any type of plastic, ski wax, cooking ware, uh, anything you can think of. It probably uses one of these um, fluorinated chemicals. So it's basically fluorine. uh it's fluorine, oxygen, hydrogen, carbon. So they're technically are organic chemicals. They're just made in a synthetic way with with all these um. Of basically, all, all all this fluorine attached to these uh, chains of carbon and hydrogen, something like that. My my organic chemistry isn't necessarily the best. polyfluoroalkali substances. That's that's what PFAS stands for. Uh, family of almost fifteen thousand chemicals is what um, <laughs> that's what this article says. And these are uh, they can't be naturally processed. So your body can break down a lot of things and excrete them as waste forever chemicals it's not something the body can really do so this things, these things stay in your body so if you have um organ damage whether that's liver damage or kidney damage or or, um irritable bowel syndrome it's probably because you have these microplastics and pfas um in your system or it could be a possibility it could be exacerbating it. it could be doing these sorts of things so the you know cdc is saying uh it, you should test these things and you should reduce your exposure that's the message that's being sent out by the official channels which is honestly a good thing And if you are concerned about pfas i've talked a lot about how broken the food supply is and that applies you know to this as well in terms of just how toxic um our environment has become because of the um heavy industri- industry that we've been ga- engaging in since uh the mid 20th century making all these um you know petroleum based products in these pfas so you want to not eat out of plastic when or drink out of plastic whenever you can you don't want to be around any plastic that's being heated cuz that's what will release pfas and um, bpa and xenoestrogens and all these things and you also want to make sure you're filtering your water get a, a an organic mat- a mattress if you can don't use, like, laundry detergents or anything like that that are, like, you know, the typical ones. You can use uh, something like vinegar or things like that to help. So there's there's a lot of things you can do, but the biggest things is just uh, don't eat or drink out of plastic and don't be around um, plastic that's being heated. So don't uh, use glass Tupperware to store your food and microwave your food in that instead of plastic Tupperware that's going to help you out a lot and just, you know, use as little plastic in your life as possible. Now, is that uh, a possibility living in, uh, you know, modern, the modern West? Not really, but you can reduce these things and make it better. And also with cookware, use cast iron or, or carbon steel as well, because anything else is going to have Teflon or some other um, PFAS. And it's going to get right into your food, right into your gut. and That's going to be disruptive to your gut health and your gut health is where um, the entire health of your body, that's the foundation of your health. So you want to have good gut health, and that means you don't want to introduce anything that's going to be toxic or harsh to your gut microbiome. PFAS certainly will be. So that's uh, what I want to talk about there. You can check out the article, read through the whole thing, do your own research. I highly encourage you to do that, but I want you to be aware that the CEC says that PFAS are bad for you. They're poisoning you basically everywhere, and they're aware of that. And now we're going into the last topic, and this is an interesting one. So Neuralink has its first human recipient. Elon Musk confirmed this, I believe yesterday, day before, I'm recording this on Tuesday, but it's very recent, uh, recovering well, apparently, good neuron spike activity. That's what's been reported. So we don't know much, but basically, uh, I don't know much about the patient, but it it was either someone with ALS or um, a spinal cord injury, leaving them a quadriplegic. basically as close you can be to a complete freaking vegetable without being in a coma. These are the first group of people who are getting Neuralink. Uh, and then everyone else will have to wait until they iron out all the major life-threatening kinks in that group of people. And then they'll go on to people who are slightly less disabled, and then go on to the general population. And then we'll see how it'll trickle out. So we are definitely at the eve, the precipice or the cusp where we're walking over the threshold of uh, cyborgism, basically, Uh, of this of these brain computers being a reality in our life of having that chip in your brain that can connect to any computer and interface um, with machinery or technology uh, in a very intimate way. And now this has a lot of implications uh, morally, uh, economically, so, and societally. So it's going to shake um, our very existence to the core. And at the end of it, we'll either be a, a dominant, even more powerful, enlightened species, or it'll be the complete end of us all. And I, I, I don't think there's really much of an in between. There. So there's definitely a lot of uh, positive things that can come out of this in terms of helping with mental health issues, with blindness and um, uh, paralysis. And dementia and all these sorts of, you know, conditions that affect the brain and the body in general, being able to be reversed or mitigated or helped with Neuralink. And then, of course, the uh, increase in productivity and all these sorts of things that will come naturally come about if you have a computer um that you can use with your mind that'll make you be able to be more productive it will make you be able to consume content in a you know quicker more entertaining way Now, of course, that has its own implications as well that are negative. And then, of course, you know, the whole thing in terms of like advertising, be able to sell you things. And it's not necessarily you close your eyes and you see um, ads for Amazon or or whatever crap they want to sell you or your dreams are basically ads. That's a Futurama joke. It's no, you're walking through the store and Neuralink knows what uh, um, products you look at for the longest. And then when you get home and you log onto your computer, you see an ad for that. It's stuff like that. The amount of information it's going to be collecting on you. And if that information can be sold to advertisers and the government and all these, you know, people who have, you know, (laughs) interests uh, against you will and will be able to take that information and use it against you it's very frightening. So it's definitely a lot of, uh, a lot of possible negatives, a lot of uh, potential positives. And I I don't know exactly where it's going to land, but it's either going, like I said, it's either going to be humanity's savior or humanity's end. And there really is not much, if any, in between of those two possibilities. But I I do think uh, we'll come out on top, uh, in the end, but I definitely will not be first in line for the general 1.0 version. It, one and a half to two at most, I believe. You know, Doc and I have talked about this um, before. You want to wait for this. There's definitely going to be errors and kinks and things that are going to not work well, and you're going to want to iron those out. But that is the that's the thing is just wait, just be patient. Don't you know clutch your pearls and start screaming that the sky is falling because Elon Musk is doing this. Uh, it's a definitely going to be a slow process, but I do think by the end of the next decade uh, is when we'll see this um, be a thing that's getting rolled out to the general public. And that's a really frightening and interesting thing to say. But this is what Elon Musk wants, Neuralink and SpaceX. That is Elon Musk's. Purpose, goal, and drive. Doc and I have definitely talked about this. So it's SpaceX and Neuralink, and everything else Elon Musk does is to build up and move those two things forward. We want to create a um, deep um, mind, the deep connection between um, the human brain and uh, and computers. That that's um, symbiotic. And uh, a symbiotic relationship between artificial intelligence and human intelligence, and then use that symbiotic relationship between artificial and human um, artificial intelligence and human I- intelligence to engage in um, interstellar colonization, starting with um, Moon Moon uh, and Mars as the two bases to um, expand our interstellar empire. That's basically what Elon Musk wants for humanity. Will he succeed? I do not know, but it certainly will be interesting to find out. And with that, I will leave I will leave you. Um, with that, we will be back on Thursday with the 48th episode, and we're going to the outro now. Thank you for being in the Velvet Room with Joker the Fool. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe whether you're listening on YouTube or Rumble, Odyssey, or Substack. And be sure to subscribe to my Substack, .substack velvetroompublishing.substack.com to keep up with Machine to Man and all my other projects.